0: for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. for more information about us and what we do visit our website springmountcf.co.uk or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and if you would like us as a church to pray for you then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk That woke you up, didn't it? It's on now. If you were (laughs) asleep, if you were asleep, you're not now, okay? Uh, I needed that. I was on Street Angels last night. So as usual, just uh, sometimes I go off on tangents when I'm a bit tired. I'll try not to, okay? Um, I shouldn't moan. I shouldn't moan. Uh, But yeah, tonight, if you are able to come, come, you know? It'll be great to see the young people, the children involved, and uh, it's about encouraging them, and uh, the Bible tells to encourage and lift one another up and build one another up, so if you just decide not to come, then that's not very encouraging to them, so I want to encourage you to encourage them, okay? Don't just think, well, I've been to church once today, okay? You know, God's 24-7 for you, so let's at least try and make that effort tonight, okay? Okay? The series we're doing at the moment in church is behind the songs we sing. So I figured, because we're coming to Christmas, we'd do a carol this week and a carol next week. My favourites, yeah, some of you will know, I'm not a massive fan of Christmas carols because I think some of them talk absolute nonsense, you know. (laughs) Silent night, holy night. Have you ever had a baby? I'm not being funny. (laughs) You know, um, away in a manger, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Well, I know he was perfect. But, you know, I'm sure he still cried, okay? I'm sure he cried when he was hungry. I'm sure he did other things. So I'm not a fan of carols. There is amazing truth in some of them, though. And this morning, we're going to look at Hark the Herald Angels Sing, okay? Or Hark Harold's Angels Sing, or whatever you want to call it. And often, when you read these songs, you might think, I don't know what it means. But Hark, who can tell me what Hark means? Listen. Now, there's loads of ways to get people to listen. There's loads of ways to make people say, come on, listen. I could go, come on, everyone, get your attention. Schools, I think they go, one, two, three, look at me. Anyway, obviously obviously not old enough that. <laughs> uh, I remember at Chris and Deb's wedding, every time somebody wanted people to listen, they tapped a glass. And I was going to do it this morning, and tap a glass. And every time someone tapped a glass, Chris and Deb's had to have a kiss. But I thought, yeah, it's not appropriate, maybe. <laughs> but uh, that's right, isn't it? It's a bit of a German tradition, or is it just something you two made up because you wanted to snog each other? I don't know. It's all right. You'll soon be off in Germany, so I can say these things. It's fine. So you might tap a glass to make people listen. You know, you might go like this. Okay, make people listen. Obviously, maybe not like that. Maybe. Like that, okay? We don't want people getting distracted by wolf whistles on the street, but we want to listen. So you might say, stop and listen. And actually, when I'm talking, sometimes... When I was a teacher, you wanted the children to listen. So sometimes you would just sit. It's your time you're wasting. Okay, you heard that one? It's your time you're wasting. Hark means to listen. Hark means to listen. So this morning. The first thing before we get into God's word is we need to listen. We need to listen to what God's saying. And he speaks today through his word and through each other. And he speaks through creation. He speaks through all sorts of things. But back in the day... He spoke through the angels, and it's hark the herald angels. The herald was a messenger, the messenger that brought important news. So when somebody brings something important, we need to listen. When something is important, we need to hear it, and we need to take it on board. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Listen, because the newborn king is to be glorified, is to be glorified. I'm going to read you a passage from Luke chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, great. If you haven't, the words will be up on the screen. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, familiar part of the Christmas story with the shepherds out in the fields. The shepherds were thought of as the lowest of the low, the, the sort of scum of the earth almost, really. People didn't have time for them, particularly the ones who were on the night shift. They were really unimportant. And yet, God chose to tell them first. So if you're sitting here this morning thinking, I'm not really that important, I'm a bit low, but you're not, God says you are crucial to my message. I want you to hear. And I think you're amazing. That's what God's saying over you this morning. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20 say this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Not just in the fields, they were living in the fields. That's not, you know, they were homeless. They didn't have anywhere, they were just living in a field looking after sheep. Watching over their flocks at night when an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. These were tough guys. And yet actually, all of a sudden, something scared them terrified them because it was out of the ordinary but the angel said to them do not be afraid that's what God says to us throughout his word it says don't be afraid don't worry don't be scared don't fear do not be afraid why I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people if I said to you this morning I've got something that will bring you great joy would you want it yeah Yeah. the angel said I bring you good news When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds, they were living in the fields, the lowest of the low, the homeless, the scum of the earth. And people were amazed. Why? Because they had brought good news. And because God had made an impact in their life. You know, whoever you are this morning, God's good news can make a difference. And whoever you are, whatever your past, whatever your background, wherever you've come from, God says, I've got good news for you. got good news for you. But Mary treasured all these things up and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. So as we read that passage, first of all, we see people who are terrified of the unknown. If I said to you, are you a little bit fearful of what 2019 is going to bring? Would anyone say yes? Anyone a little bit fearful? Okay, Certainly Theresa May is, I think, at this moment in time. She's a little bit fearful of what 2019 is going to bring. And actually, we all should because we don't know what's going to happen. We just don't know. We shouldn't be fearful in the fact of terrified, but these shepherds were terrified of the unknown. But actually, the flip side of that is, it tells us that God can bring a peace through what is known. We can be terrified of the unknown, but God can bring a peace through what is known. What is glory? Well, you've got glory supporters, haven't you? We've got you know, people in this room who are Manchester United fans. Okay? I'm not going to start an argument, but... You know, this afternoon is quite a big game and actually, if they win, they'll be cheering from the rooftops, just like if Liverpool win, I will be. But, in reality, in recent weeks, it's been very quiet from Old Trafford. And so, those of you out into football, don't worry, I'm not going to labour this point. But actually, it's been quiet and, and sometimes there's an element of glory supporters and people accuse people of jumping on a bandwagon. You could accuse me of that because I grew up in Manchester and I support Liverpool. Because when I was young, they were doing well. But I've stuck with them while they've not been doing so well. So I hope I'm not. I went to live in Liverpool so I could go and watch the games because I was passionate about it. I didn't want to just receive the glory when it was all going well. I wanted to, to, to cheer them on when it wasn't going so well. And glory is a funny thing. In our language, we can think, well, it's just, you know, you just do it when someone's winning. When things are good, you glory in it. But actually, the word glory means magnificent. It means beauty. It means high renown, honored, praise. And it says the angel of the Lord came and the glory of the Lord shone around. The beauty, the magnificence, something that's worthy of praise shone around. And what was the shepherd's reaction to it? They were terrified. Because they'd never experienced anything like it. They'd never experienced magnificence or beauty. Or this thing that was worthy of praise. They never experienced it. And they were terrified of the unknown. Because all of a sudden, in this dark field where they expected it just to be a few sheep, the glory, the magnificence, the beauty of God was seen. Now, I don't know about you, but I can go out into our world and see the glory and the beauty and the magnificence of the God who made everything. I can look in the mirror, and you might laugh, but I can look in the mirror and see the magnificence of what God has done. Because although I'm not the prettiest, the complexity of who I am is amazing. And God's glory and beauty and magnificence is seen even in me. Even in me. Yet the shepherds were terrified. But the first thing that was important to listen was this. Do not be afraid. You might come to church this morning, you might be anxious, you might be, might be new to you. You might have come many, many times and you might have come into this place having all sorts of fears resting on you. You might have a situation going on back, back at your home that nobody else knows about and you might be fearful of what that situation is. Well, the first thing to hark this morning that the angels say and that God says to you and to the shepherds is, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring good news of great joy for all people. If you've come into this place, this church, we want it to be about good news. We want it to be about great joy. And you know some people say, "Oh, you know, we had a dedication a few weeks ago for a family who don't come to church, and there was about 130 people in here that wouldn't normally come to church. And it was very nerve-wracking because a lot of them were people I used to work with, so I was probably the scaredest I've ever been. Because if I made a mistake, the girl whose son it was that I dedicated is quite a scary lady. So, And, and she, she does scare me a little bit. But hey, and uh, it went fairly well. But afterwards, some of the things that were coming back was one person said, you know, if I was going to go to church, I think I could go to that place. So his wife said to him, well, it's on every Sunday. He said, oh, don't go that far. <laughs> but actually, he came in and saw something different. And... Sometimes people have said, oh, it's happy-clappy. Would you rather be miserable and somber? What do you want us to be? Because actually, God says it's good news of great joy. It's not good news of let's be all serious and quiet and everything else. There's a time to be still and know that I am God. But as we come on a Sunday morning, we come to celebrate the good news. And the good news is that life can be changed. The good news is that transformation is possible. And the good news is that your past is not who your future is. So... (laughs) So what do we need to listen to? We need to listen to God's message because that's God's message for us. For me, Jodie Harrison, that the things I've done in my past won't defect my future because actually God has wiped the slate clean. And that is good news. That is good news. Good news of great joy. Do you know, they listened to God's message and what came next in the story? They were obedient to what God said because the angel said, go, go and see what I've done. I'll prove it to you because there's going to be a baby in a manger. His <coughs> Parents are going to be there. And you're going to find it. So they could have sat there in their field going, that's a load of rubbish, isn't it? Turn to the mates, don't believe that. But actually God said, no, I'll prove it to you. If you go, you'll find it. And Luke's gospel is interesting because it starts as a letter to Theophilus and it says, Theophilus, I'm writing this to you so you might know for certain the things you hear. Because actually I've checked it out. I've researched it. I've asked eyewitnesses. And I want to write to you to tell you it's true. And the shepherds could have sat in their field and said, well, that was a very nice angel show. It was a bit scary. But actually, they said, don't be afraid. So I wasn't. And now I'm just going to sit in my field because I don't reckon that's true. But no, they had to get out of their field. They had to get up on their feet and they had to walk and find it. And God's son was the proof they needed. The baby Jesus born for us, followed by obedience. It wasn't just the fact that he obeyed. It says they heard and they hurried off. They did it immediately. They didn't sit around having a discussion. Shall we go? Shall we go? They left their sheep. They left the thing they were responsible for, which was probably very serious. You know, it would be like somebody today going into Tesco to all the cashiers this week leading up to Christmas and saying, guys, come up to the church. There's something I want to show you. And they're all standing up and leaving. Can you imagine the chaos? That's what the shepherds did. They left their responsibility because they wanted to find the Redeemer. They left the, they the sheep to find the saviour. They weren't afraid. They hurried off. They found Jesus. And then what did they do? They listened. They went. And then they shared. They listened. They went. And then they shared. Why? Because they proved it. They'd seen it for themselves. God's glory had come, not just in that field through the angels, but God's glory came in the baby that was born to be king. And those shepherds reckoned there's something in this. And it says they were no longer afraid. They then spread the word. They then praised and glorified God themselves. The glory wasn't limited to that angel in a field. It came and they glorified God in their actions, in their lives, in their words. That's what can happen to us today. We can be changed and glorify God. They were no longer afraid. They weren't afraid to speak out and they saw for themselves because they hurried off. When we leave this place, what are we going to do? Just go back to the same old, same old? Or are we going to say, actually, God's speaking to me. I need to listen, and I need to hurry, and I need to share. Because it's good news, and it's great joy that he brings. You know, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, I don't know if you know any of the history of the song. It was written by Charles Wesley, very famous. The words were written by Charles Wesley, very famous hymn writer. And they tried many, many tunes. They tried many tunes to fit the words to until they settled on the one we've sung this morning. You know, the very traditional heart. The herald angels sing, okay? And that tune was written by Mendelssohn. You heard of Felix Mendelssohn? Okay, composer. The tune was actually written for a festival to celebrate printing. That's a real purposeful tune. It was written to celebrate printing. Can you imagine, you know, that's... It's quite a fantastic tune to celebrate printing, really, isn't it? It was written to celebrate printing, and it was a well-liked tune, but Mendelssohn said this: it'll never work with sacred words. In other words, that tune, that tune can't be turned into something special and holy and precious. That tune can't be made into something that God can work with. And guess what? It was. It will never be of value to God. It will never give glory to God. It will never be changed from what it was, that mundane song for printing, into an anthem for the Most High God. Do you know, you might today, somebody might have spoken words over you that says, you'll never be any good. Somebody might have spoken words over you that say, you'll never manage to escape your past. Well, this song in itself tells you that's not true. Because that tune wasn't expected to reach any heights. And yet 170 years later, we are still singing it to give God glory. A tune that was never thought any good or worthy. Today, you might not be thought of as any good or worthy. But God can transform you into what he wants you to be. Maybe you think you'll never do it. Maybe you think you're no good or you're only good for small. Well, heart. I bring you good news of great joy. God uses the impossible. God uses the broken and the damaged. You know This church building is full of broken and damaged people. Not one person is perfect. Not one person sits in this place and goes, well, I'm better than them. Because all of us have made mistakes. All of us have failed things. All of us have tried it on our own and not managed to get there. But with God's strength and power and his good news of great joy we are seeing great things we are seeing people's lives changed that is the god who makes a difference that is a god who takes something that was broken that was the lowest of the low and changes it into something precious you know people were amazed at the shepherds because they saw and heard the message of god and passed it on at this time, there was a thing called Pax Romana. Sounds like stuffing, doesn't it? But it's not, okay? That's Paxo. Pax Romana was a peace on the surface. There was no fighting, no war, everybody agreeing to be at peace with each other. But it was only surface deep. You might have come into church this morning and thinking, well, actually, I've got a show. I've got to put a brave face on. I've got to make sure people think everything's okay on the outside. That's Pax Romana, just a surface piece what Heart the Herald Angels Sing talks about a peace that goes deeper. Not the surface peace, but a peace of mind, a peace of heart, and a peace of soul. Why? Because the messenger says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring mean, great joy. Good news of great joy. And peace to those on whom his favor rests. We receive a peace that passes understanding as we submit and step out in confidence and obedience to him. And it says, on whom his favour rests. That doesn't mean God's got his favourites and he picks that person and that person. It's available for everybody. But all you've got to do is step forward and say, yeah, God, I want that. That's who his favour rests on. The people who say, yes, God, I want that. And the people who say, no, God, I'm all right. Doesn't rest on. God gives a peace that passes understanding. The song says, mild he lays his glory by. Sometimes you sing these songs and think, well, what does that really mean? Mild he lays his glory by. Well, that means he lays down his life so that we can pick it up. He lays down the perfect life so that we can put it on us. You know, glory means beauty and magnificence. Jesus chose to put those things down. He chose to put down his beauty, his magnificence as the son of the living God. And he chose the cross. He was humble or mild. He wasn't boastful. In fact, one meaning of glory, as I read the dictionary, was listed as unpleasant and boastful. It's not one you normally hear, is it? Unpleasant or boastful. Well, Jesus isn't arrogant when he says, I am the way. He's not being arrogant. He's a humble man. It says he's humble. People flock to him because of his humility. And yet he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not being arrogant. He's just stating a fact. He's not being arrogant, he's stating a fact, you know, um, he's telling the important message. We, um, and there should be a couple of pictures, Chris, I think, uh, we, we did an escape room, anyone ever done an escape room, okay, for some of you that might be a scary place to be locked in a room, but hey, um, if you want to arrange it, I can do it at our house, we've got a handle that falls off the door all the time, so is, is, there, a, is there a picture, Chris, there should be two, one that's successful and one that isn't. You know, in an escape room, you've got to get an hour to get out. You've got to solve all these puzzles so you can escape from this room that you're trapped in. If you don't do it within the hour, they still let you out, okay? Yeah. But then they take some pictures. Are they there? Oh, it's no pictures. Sent them to the email, but hey, never mind. But the, the escape room pictures we had, the escape room picture we had was in the... Uh, one of them we won. One of them we lost. And the winner won. We're all going, brain box and winner, and uh, things like genius. These signs in front of us, and we've all got big smiles on our faces. And then there's one that we didn't get out of in time, and it's supposed to be the easiest one. <laughs> we got out of the hardest one, didn't get out of the easiest one, and we held signs up that said things like losers, <laughs> and better luck next time, and so close. I blame Johnny Harrison. They didn't have that sign, amazingly enough. But we escaped from the hardest room, and I could boast, I could say we were, you know, six of us from this, we were really clever. You know, we got out of that room with two minutes to spare, and it was so good, and we were the winners, we were the champions. In fact, we were the, I think we were the first people to ever get out of the room. That's quite impressive, isn't it? But that's quite boastful. In the other room, we didn't get out. We had one clue left, and we didn't manage it. But in both rooms... We had the opportunity of three hints. At three points, we could press a button and a man who ran the activity would come into the room and he would tell us how to do the next thing. Was it important we listened to that? Yeah, because it helped us to get out. The man came into the room, stepped into our situation, and he gave us some important information to follow so that we could get out. That's what Jesus did. Jesus stepped down into your situation. He didn't just give you important information, but he did say lots of important things like, don't be afraid, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't just give us important information. He came, and he died, and he was buried in our place. He took all the mistakes that have ever been made in the world on himself, and he put them to death so that we could live new lives, so that we could be clean, so that we could be wiped, so we could have a restart and the slate wiped clean. That's what Heart of the Herald Angels sing is about, the glory of Jesus, because he came down into our situation. Not like a man in an escape room who gave us a hint to help us get out, but a man who actually did it for us. A man who made the difference and enabled us to walk out of a trapped situation. The question he asked this morning, or the question he asked you to listen to this morning, is will you accept his favour? Will you be willing to take his favour? Will you be willing to say, yes, I want that. He simply came in to a helpless situation. Then there's a line that says, late in time behold him come. Never quite got that. Late in time behold him come. Maybe this is why some of us are late for church. Jesus was late in time. I want to be more like Jesus, maybe. I've got news for you, that's not what it means, Okay. Jesus came at just the right time for the right purpose. We can't do that at the pavilions. Let's start doing it here. I want to read three verses from Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3, nearly finished. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You know, we are living in the last days. Jesus said, you know, in Hebrews it says the last days. Jesus came in the last days. We are in the last days, late in time behold him come he came in the last days he wasn't late he was just in the last days and will return you know his timing is perfect he is never late you might think this morning you've come here by accident I believe we're all here by divine appointment because God wants you to hark he wants you to listen because the good news is the past can be changed the great joy is he can come in and bring you life that you've never known before and he can bring a peace that passes understanding. The song lists some of the titles of Jesus and what he brings. Prince of Peace, Son of Righteousness, Lord of Light and Life, Veiled in Flesh the Godhead See. That's Jesus' God with skin on. Veiled in Flesh the Godhead See. See God as a man. Hail the incarnate deity, God that has stepped into our situation. Pleased as man with man to dwell. He's happy to become a man and live with us as a man. Just like the man came into our escape room to help us get out, Jesus came into our situation to give us a way out, to set us free. Jesus, our Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Jesus is God with us. This Christmas, we're going to look to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. God with us. Because he is good news. It might have been twisted over years by churches, and churches might have hurt people because of the way they've acted. But Jesus is love. Jesus is peace. He is light. And as church, we're supposed to reflect that. So if you're a Christian this morning, that's what we're reflecting. That's what we're twinkling in the darkness. His light, his love, and his peace. This Christmas, that is the promise. You know, I could have my family with me. I could have my friends with me. I might have none of them with me. But this Christmas, the promise is, the most important thing is, we can have Emmanuel, not that one. (laughs) We can have Emmanuel, God, with us, through Jesus Christ, via his Holy Spirit. Hark, listen, important message. Jesus is light. He's the one that brings peace. He steps into our trapped and broken situation, and he doesn't just give hints on how to get out. He lays it all down. And stays in so you can get out. He lays it all down. He says, I'll take your place so you can be free. And that is the message of Christmas. Heart of the Herald Angels sing. Listen, I bring great news. Good news of great joy. I'm just going to pray. Father God, I pray that in this place... We will have ears to hear what you want to say, not what I want to say. And Father, I pray that you will have spoken to us this morning. The good news is that our past is not the end. Our past is not going to define what we're going to be next. Father God, I pray for each person in this room. I pray, Lord, that they will be open and welcoming to your Holy Spirit to work on our hearts, to change them, to transform them. And Father God, may we see new life in this place this morning. Maybe this morning, if you're wanting to welcome him into your life, maybe you've never heard of God's transforming power, I just want you to just raise your hand and I'm going to pray and I want you to pray with me. If you want to receive him this morning, this Christmas, and say, yeah, I want to transform, I want to be changed, just raise your hand and I'm just going to ask you to pray with me and I'm going to give you a little book to take away. Don't be embarrassed, you're amongst family, everybody would love the fact that you're going kind to of come and be part of it. So if that's you, just raise your hand where you are and we can pray. I'll just give that a chance. And I invite the band up. If you want to know a little bit more, I've got a couple of things you can take away today. And one is a book called The Case for Christmas. The guy who wrote this was a journalist and an atheist, and he decided to research the story of Jesus And the story of of whether the Bible could be trusted. And he came to the conclusion as a legal journalist that there was no case against it not being true. That actually the evidence pointed to the fact that Jesus was real. He was real. He did the things he said he did. The Bible can be trusted. If you want to take this little book away, then just come and see me at the end. If you want something smaller to read, this little booklet here tells you the message that I've just spoken about. That God loves you. We've all made mistakes. Jesus died so we can be set free. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? And if you want one of those this morning, just come and see me at the end. Come and grab me. Don't be embarrassed. If you want someone to come and pray with you, then you can. We're going to worship some more. If you want someone to pray with you while we worship, then I'm going to invite some of the prayer team to be stood at the front. Nobody comes, that's fine. But if you want someone to pray with you in this place and just rest a hand on you and pray God's spirit into you and, and ask that you, you know, God speaks into your situation. And I'm going to ask them to come and stand now so that we're ready to receive them. If you want one of these, it has all the information on the back and a little prayer you can pray to just invite God into your life to ask him for that peace at this time. But I pray that this Christmas will be a peaceful one and a joyful one and that we listen to what God wants to say.